Hi, it's Regional Radio Man. The part of Rachel during Rachel's story time will be played by me. Because you want to live in the forefront of your times, in ideals and in sacrifice, you have elected this. Live from Mad Rivers Boulevard, it's Paul and Rage. <laughs> oh, 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 we're getting too high now. Hello, everyone. How are you, my gorgeous? You look beautiful. We're about to go and do some TV over on Sky News. You're made up to the hilt. You look wonderful. Thank you, my love. You've got an explosion of sequins on your top. I well. do. I'm worried about the television cameras and the sparkle. Don't you want a bit of sparkle? I don't know, but people always tell me, don't wear anything glittery because it make the lights flicker on it. F- that. Yeah, f- them. Now, how are you going with the project? You seem well, you're always on the telly on the project. Oh, I do. Do you wear the sparkly gear there? I do wear the do you sparkly gear. Do you have to wear the gear. cool kids' clothes? No, but I did a little spot, actually. I wanted to talk about this because I did a spot on Friday from uh, the Hi-Fi. There was a dance party. It's basically like a dance performance and a dance party. Anyway, so I went there to do a cross from there, and they very kindly had, you know, about five or six dancers there just to do a bit of colour and movement. Oh. What? So uh, we're talking people with glow sticks and, you know, Bob's no. Franklin? No. We've got professional dancers, right? So they came out to do their sort of bit behind me as I was doing my piece to camera. Colour and movement, as they say in the beers. I tell you what. Dancers, and I, I feel horrible for saying this because they were a delightful bunch of young kids. Just, it never stops. But also, what's the point? It never stops. You sort of stand there going, so, hey, and head flick, body roll, you know, <laughs> clap, backflip, you know, and then yeah. some bloke's doing a spin on his head next to you. It's like, do you guys ever just have a conversation? Yeah, exactly. Do you like, yeah, but they were sort of, you know, limbering, working it up. Always. It Maybe it was just because I was stationary the entire time and felt like one of those idiots on a dance floor who just stands there petrified. But this was the thing that, you know, the So You Think You Can Dance, you know, show's come and gone, I think. Mm. But I never understood, you know, oh, I'm sending an email. Um, <laughs> to the, me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, okay, um, if you win Idol, you can win a singing career, which from that great wealth and fortune. Yeah. Where is the pot of gold at the end of the uh, the, the pop and lock rainbow? Yeah, you see, I don't think that there is a great deal of gold at the end of the rainbow. And this is where we get into that territory of how long can you do something for the love of it? Because I feel at 33, I've really gone past the love of it stage. Yeah, correct. You know, there's a lot of stuff, especially in this business, there's a lot of stuff that sometimes you pull favours for free, you do stuff you don't want to because you think, oh, I love it. I am so past that stage. I- A mate of mine uh, was in bands for years, loved it, loved it, loved it, Mm. and then he hit his 30s, and as much as he wanted to, Mm. he just went, you know what, I'm just going to become an electrician, I'm going to learn a trade, get some money, great, and if I, you know, bash the skins on the weekend, fine. The unfortunate thing is, is that sometimes, you know, like we've ended up in sort of media, and there have been many times over my career where I've thought to myself, God, I wish my great dream was to be an accountant, because that's (laughs) achievable. If I want to be an accountant, I go to university, I study. I get my accounting degree. I go and I find one of the myriad of jobs available. The problem with dancing, singing, performing, being in a band is that the, the jobs are so few and far between, and most of it's luck. We're assuming there's not a lot of politics in accounting. I mean, you know, there <laughs> might have been. I mean, who who doesn't forget the great 1990s wars between H&R Block and the income tax professionals, oh, ITP? <laughs> I mean, these, this this was pitch warfare. I mean, literally, it was, you know, cubicles at shopping centres at 30 paces. I don't trust anybody that 
that is selling their wares in a, like, you know, an open area in a shopping centre. I don't trust the teeth whitening. I mm. think to my, you know, I think it's odd. That it doesn't they ha- seem approved. It doesn't seem yeah, approved. Yeah, 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 I yeah. feel like you are operating here because you couldn't get your medical licence. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. and the next step, you know, like this is the medical version of busking. Yeah, correct. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, correct. Is this why you avoid charity people? Because you go, no, this, this, this seems unofficial. No, they're just f***ing annoying. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Paul and Rach. My love, mm. it is uh, new products time. Oh. New products That's time. time. Uh, Thank I, you, Jono. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. I, do you want us to get Jono Coleman in for this segment? <laughs> uh, no, no, but you do a bit of uh, Studio 10 gear, so I'm holding me down. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> minute you're done with it, though. That's, okay, we, let's go. We've got a show. G'day, Rob and all the gang. Uh, now, I've got in my hot little hand a uh, electronic cigar. I cannot believe you have gone to this. A, it actually looks like a cigar, and that's a real... It's, it's heavy, it's long enough, it's, you know, the good bit of, you know, what, four, five, six inches. Okay, oh, hello. When you look at the end of it, it doesn't look as real, but when you came in holding it, I thought it was an actual cigar. Yeah, but see, when I when I get on the Le Pouf... Mm. Oh, it lights up at the end. Mm. And what does it give you, nicotine? No. The electronic cigarettes yes. do have this sort of liquid in them that do have some element of nicotine. So basically it's some sort of flavour. But um, I'm impressed by this. I'm all in. I'm all in, Rachel. Yeah, but you see, here's the problem mm. with the electronic it cigar. It vapour. It does. But see, this is exactly the problem with the electronic cigar. Looks like I'm smoking. No. You think it's a toy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So already mm. you've just been sucking on it nonstop since we walked in there. Yeah. If there are carcinogens in there, then you're going to be sucking on the, that bad boy more than you would have done on cigars. You don't smoke that much anyway. No, that's true. But what I like about this, you know, all of you healthy people yes. who want to live forever have <laughs> yeah. come up with a series of, you know, you, you have socially marginalised the mm-hmm. smoker. But now the electronic cigar is not actually, and cigarette is not affected by any of those bans. So this very evening I could sit on television and go... Mmm, mmm, that fresh Carolina smoke. (laughs) And this is completely outside of the boundaries and the bands. So that's why I'm sitting inside this room like they used to. Before Foxtel was even invented, there was a boardroom and blokes sitting around going, So... This Rachel chick, mm, do we hire her or not? Are you sure it's not just because you're scared of your wife? Sometimes. <laughs> Follow the guys on Twitter at Paul and Rach. I turned up to a lunch today. There are a few things that I want to discuss about this lunch. The first what were you is, wearing? oh goodness, what was I wearing? Jeans, classic. Oh, just be slow, be slow. <laughs> classic. How how old were the jeans? The the jeans are probably two years old, oh, but I think every oh, I, wash <laughs> I just washed them fresh, fresh, fresh. Was it uh, daylight drying or machine drying? Daylight drying. Oh. The machine dryer gets them too tight. What colour socks black. did you have oh, on? Black socks. <sighs> Were you matching everywhere? <laughs> So the first thing I would like to discuss is a friend of mine has been. I went to university with her. She's been living in Berlin for the last five years. She's been away for a long time. Yeah, it is. She's been away for a really long time. So she was coming back to town. She doesn't come back very often. She sent out a bit of a Facebook message and said, Hey, all of us uni kids haven't caught up for a really long time. How about we have lunch together? Great idea, Hmm. I thought. I haven't seen anybody in ages. Let's do it. So she pre booked this place and I thought to my I had no idea who was coming along, but I turned up and it's a table of 13. So issue number one of three issues. 
I was the first to arrive. <laughs> so you've blown an entire lunch as chat. No, no, no. I just mean I was oh, the first. Oh, you on your Pat Malone. Oh, me on my Pat Malone. Okay, how long? How long did you sit there by yourself before you reached for the phone so and the f- I'm looking busy and all of that? This is exactly what I'm talking about. I, I reached for the phone immediately. Now, if I have a glass of wine or something, usually I take a bit of time and I peruse because I feel like that's an adult thing to do. Correct. I feel as though if you bring out the phone, which I did immediately, I felt weak. Yeah. You know, I felt like I couldn't handle that pressure. I mean, it was pretty big pressure because take into consideration, I'm on a table for 13 (laughs) and it's just me for 10 minutes. So there's only so many times you can peruse the menu. Yeah. You know what I would have done though? What? Crack out the local paper. The local paper will be somewhere in the restaurant. If not next door, there'll be some units you can yank it from because nothing looks classier. Just the folded over newspapers if I'm just... Perusing. perusing. Okay, so this will be a good thing for next time because as I walked out, I saw where the newspapers were located, so I should have guessed it. had newspapers. I had newspapers, and I, I will do that for next time. The second issue is at a table for 13, we, we started there at 1. There were four of us that turned up. Oh. By 2 o'clock, oh. they, they came over. We said, I don't think anybody else is going to arrive. Now, my issue oh. with this is not that there were four of us. That, to me, I was thinking, thank the Lord in heaven above because I hate a big table. Yeah, but it's the overbooking. It, yeah. You've taken, uh, you know, let's do some rough maths here. What, seven? No, a lot. Yeah. Away. Come on, <laughs> yes. so Sunday night people. I know you might be listening to this on a Wednesday. You're at work and yep. you're like mentally on here. It, yeah. She's had lunch all day. I've got a new toy. <laughs> Come on. My issue with this though is, because I thought this is great, and the lady said, do you want to move to a table, a smaller table? I said, yes, of course we do. A, we look like tits. But B, let's get into a smaller environment. And I said, I'm glad about this because at least the four of us can chat. At a table for 13, I just feel nervous and lost. It's yeah. awful. Yeah. But my issue is people RSVP'd and that's why she booked 13 and then never turned up. Now, that's disgraceful. One of the girls at the table said, oh, I think it's because of the rainy weather. This is such shit. The number of people who go, no, I can't go outside, it's wet. So hang on, like how much water do you actually get exposed to? Last time I checked, your car... Dry. Yeah. The house, dry. The restaurant, dry. Yeah. Okay, sure. A little bit of sort of, you know, uh, gazelle-like jumping in between yep. those spots. But it's, it is it is not Noah's Ark West. And also, you're not the Wicked Witch of the West. You're not going to melt. You know, it's not like you get out there and you're like, oh, I wanted to make it to lunch, but I melted. I can't do it. So we ended up with four of us out of 13 because people just thought, you know what, I'm not going to bother and turn up. This shit annoys yeah, me. The worst is, though, you try and put on a little gathering party whatever and say you've worked out a venue and mm. oh 30 people are going to come that's great i know i've done enough of these now you're going to get up to a third of the yeah. people who send you a text message two minutes before the thing was due to start sorry mate can't get away can't do it can't my whole thing is so you know what i've done of recent birthdays what? i just leave my phone at home because I'll just go, you know what, I, you, I will deal with you tomorrow. I'm not going to give you the satisfaction of letting you off the hook yeah. for the little, oh, sorry, can't make it text, yep. expecting the personal reply during the party. Yeah, yeah. It's okay, Rach, it's all good. Yeah, you need them to sweat a little Correct. and think, oh, I've really overstepped the mark. Because, yes, you have overstepped the mark. But this is exactly the reason why I don't have parties. I don't have birthday parties. Uh, I don't have dinners. I don't have get-togethers. You get a party every time we get together. Oh, that's Just true. But you have to turn up. (laughs) Keep the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. 
not nearly as disastrous as your little foray into the social world was mine on Friday night. Mm-hmm. And God love you. You're a big supporter of this. Last week on the show, we talked about dress-up parties and not being big fans of them. Mm-hmm. Well, we had one on Friday. You did? It was No, no, no. Well, we had one for my, my mate Kirsty, turning 40. Oh. So we So we rocked up. And on, you know, we, we, it was a 70s theme. Saw the photos. I've got the blue. Nailed it. It's, I was happy. Nailed it. Super happy. Yeah. Right? And there's a filter on that that makes it look like it was taken in 1975. But here's the little touch, right? Mm. We've got uh, my grandfather's old record radio player. Yep. So there's me in the blue safari suit. There's shiny looking gorgeous with the Farrah Fawcett hair. Mm-hmm. The 70s radio. Oh, killed the it. The filter, the white shorts, bang. White, white shoes, rather. Bang, 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 bang. Where does a gent of your size <laughs> look at you puffing on your cigar? <laughs> that is such a toy to you. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. You are so going to take that on the telly, aren't you? I've got to decide. I've got to decide because I'm going to. I'm, I'm literally going to have to read broadcasting codes just to double check. Because if I lose my gig over this, oh yeah, because can you imagine the outrage? It. Like you know, can you just imagine you know the internet bait? You know, mm. TV star <laughs> says smoking is okay. <laughs> Yeah, worse than Hitler. Uh, so, dress-up party, yeah. finding a safari suit. Well, you would think that somebody of my size would have to go to Raise Outdoors and try and fashion <laughs> something out of a tarpaulin. <laughs> Alas, no. There is uh, a wonderful costume shop that we go to, yes. which actually has a sort of little husky men's section, which is quite cool. Oh. But as I was trying on, the variety of safari suits mm-hmm. ripped three of them because <laughs> they misjudged the pants. And you know, normally the people at costume shops mm. just great, sort of like, "Oh, you, yeah, you do look like Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz." Yep. Oh man, yo, you look like you know Iron Man. <laughs> yes. I'm fifty, but okay. <laughs> yep. The joy seemed to slightly fall out of her voice when I just basically started ripping her clothes. But did you tell her? Well, no, because I'm, I'm. She, there was no sort of formal change room. You would think it's a slight oversight. In the design of a costume shop, <laughs> exactly. That basically, it's rows and rows and rows. And I said, "Look, just you know, get your duds off in the other row. Do what you got to do." So she's searching. You know, okay, here's some Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? Uh, what was that, mate? Just, uh, just the pants. <laughs> just the jacket. But surely a costume shop. I mean, they have a sewing machine on hand. Yes. You know, like they, I mean, they're making that stuff in the joint. But how many times do you think that safari suit plastic or whatever the hell that thing's made of can be constantly redone? Redone. See, I have ripped a few things in change rooms over over the years and I am a swiftly get that thing off and put it on the rack girl. So do you dump and run? Dump and run. Dump and run! Not a word to the shopkeep because I am not interested mm. in your you rip it, you bought it yeah. policy. <laughs> so hang on, what are we talking here? We're talking about a lovely blouse? Anything. So just a little... Sometimes women will know that quite often you can get stuff over your head and down onto your body, but it's the up, it's the removal that's the issue. I've been stuck. your ribcage. No, but I've been stuck in things. Like you get your hands like this and you can be over and you're trying to sort of reach behind you and get (laughs) it over and you know you're sort of in rib territory. So you don't... I mean, A, you're too embarrassed to ask a shopkeeper to come in to help you with it over your head because what are you... 
five. Yeah, yeah. But secondly, you know you're pretty close to a rip. And if you bring in somebody to witness the rip, then you've got to admit to it. Whereas if you just really yank it off and you rip it, then and you, then you just run. So at Super Ape, you're assuming <laughs> that because there's loud music, nobody notices you when you do this? Exactly, exactly. But also, the one that always does my head in is whenever you go uh, shopping for bikinis or something, mm. you know, obviously for my mistress, <laughs> but uh, for the purposes of the podcast, my wife. <laughs> um, and they've got that thing, must wear undies when trying on swimmers. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> Like, what sort of freak would just go, oh, you know you know how I really know whether this will snugly fit me or not? <laughs> Off with the underduds. You know, the other thing is when you decide to purchase that pair of swimmers, you have to take them home and remove that plastic sheeting that has had <laughs> an <laughs> just unknown number of <laughs> on it. <laughs> Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrache.com.au. Just while we are on the world of summer bikinis and such, uh, there is a company, I'll name it, you beep it, okay? Okay. Oh, God, these people are the worst. Now, their range getting ready for summer this year. Oh, they're so bad. Dirty see-through, dirty see-through. In the knickers department, we are talking see-through bra, see-through negligee, see-through middle bits. But what is quite terrible is a thing called Micro Cheeky Faith Knicker. It is literally like sort of a mixture between lace and dental floss covering of that area. Who Who wears this? Who wears this? Like even, you know, Gold Coast kind of stripper like, woohoo, I love my body. What is broken about you that you wear this outside? Yeah, this is so bad. They used to have a store near where I live and I live in a nice part of town and the bikinis are dental floss. At, I mean, that's overstating how much material there is in these things. Have you seen those new bikinis that are out that are actually just floss between? Oh, really? Oh, so, my God. Okay. But how is that legally a covering? Is that just like that, you know, those tassels? Like somehow if you had no clothes on but tassels over your nipples, you're somehow wearing clothes. Oh, yeah, I know. Let, let, uh, through the magic of podcast editing, I will um, edit out the searching of this and then get your reaction, Paulie. I'll just have a smoke. <laughs> <laughs> what a surprise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, just have a little look at this collection. What? <laughs> <laughs> this is literally a string and then oh, <laughs> floss. That's not clothing. That's floss between your front bum. That is disgraceful. <laughs> well, I don't know why I find that disgraceful. That's not sexy. That is not sexy at all. Oh, Have yeah. a look at this. This one just... I don't know if we can even describe this one. I, I know we're on the internet. Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay, I want you to think of lane marking. Oh, oh God. <laughs> wow. Plus one when you're listening to this podcast on the way home. Something to pick up at Duty Free, methinks. You're listening to Paul and Rach. I have a fear that I may be a tired ass. I. Oh, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I, I'm not commenting about that. Okay, let me tell you a story and then you can tell me one way or the other because I have a bunch of clothes that I've accumulated over the years. I've never thrown anything out. I have done a few runs at Vinnie's, but. Never. So you've got your little uh, red Corbett, <laughs> Papa Smurf. I have done a few cullings, and I have sent quite a bit of stuff to Vinnie's, but I did have a bit of a tendency to shop at a time there. So I've got a fair bit of stuff that, 
you know, I would like to sell at market purely because to get nothing for it when I haven't even worn it is just a little too much it's, for it's me. It's a little Imelda Marcos. <laughs> it is a little Imelda now, Marcos. Now, is this the stuff that when you've – because you were abandoned there for a little while at the internet shop, mm. but you got the sizes wrong, yeah. whatever, whatever, because, you know, they just didn't come in your exact hotness. If anybody has nailed internet shopping, because apparently it's a massive thing and, you know, it's a billion-dollar industry, I have never purchased – and I've tried and tried and tried again. I've never purchased anything that's turned up and has actually worked, so I'm just sticking with the shops. Do you often uh, undercut? Overestimate what, what? What is it? Too much? Too little? No, but I'm usually just a standard eight. I know every everything I buy is just a standard eight. But then for some reason, and in eight the, means something somewhere else. Somewhere else, yeah. I can't in America, work. Like eight is four. Is four? And, is yeah. two? Is who knows? I got no idea. So anyway, I said to some girlfriends, I'm. Ne- I mean, the reality is. I'm never going to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning to go and schlep my shit to a store and pay 50 bucks for a stall and stand out in the markets all day and bake cupcakes and hope that somebody buys my wares. not going to happen. But I've got to say, and there's always that little bit of me, I'd be worried if I was running a stall that nobody's going to come through. I'd see it was a personal thing on me. Exactly. Like, it would. I'd go nutty with it. Exactly. So I thought to myself, I can't be the only one of my friends in this kind of predicament. Everybody will have this kind of stuff. I know what I'll do. I'll have a little shindig at my house. Everybody bring over your wares. Everything five bucks or swapsies. We'll have some drinks. Like a reverse Tupperware. Exactly. We'll have some drinks. We'll have some snacks, and we'll you know have a good old time. Oh, and then some hummus. Some we'll, hummus. We'll, we'll, we'll have some celery and hummus. Exactly. Oh, the fun we'll the have. The fun we'll have. One red wine between us. One, and we'll and then we'll all sort of swap our wares or pay you know five bucks. All I want for it is like five bucks a piece or something. We'll all do five bucks a piece. And so I, I thought pillow fight for it. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought this is a great idea. Dear, I've nailed this. Yeah, great. So I sent it out to my girlfriends who I thought, I know you're going to have clothes you're going to want to get rid of. Every single one of them wrote back and said, oh, I don't have anything because I've given all my stuff to Vinny's, but I'll come to yours. And oh, <laughs> so thinking, oh, well, little Miss Muffet, uh, too good to give her stuff away. Exactly. So every single, I'm talking six from six girls here, came back with, I've just literally done a drop off at Vinny's. I've got nothing left. Everything's gone to Vinny's. And I'm sitting there going, could you please give me five bucks an item for my stuff? Yeah, that's the real charity. That's the real charity. <laughs> but I mean, the thing is, what's Vinny's going to do with that many black pairs of pants? <laughs> That's true. Like, what are they gonna, unless they're about to open like an amateur theatre troupe, <laughs> and they, these homeless people are going to be the stagehands running on and off between scenes. Follow the guys on Twitter at Paul and Rach. Can we have an ombudsman or somebody to look at the issue? Of mixed business prices. Oh, yes. I know yes. we've discussed this previously on a podcast about the fact that the mixed business bloke goes down to Coles, buys a 12 pack, opens a 12 pack, and s- puts them into a basket, even though they say not for resale, and charges $2.50 a little packet. And his till opens once, which is at the start of the day, <laughs> and closes at the end, and the rest is made up on a calculator. <laughs> I had to do a little mixed business run because we'd run out of toot roll. $3 for one roll of Toot paper. Oh, oh, oh. So they're just going, you really need You this. need it. One roll. I can buy three 12 bucks. for $3 at Woolies. But it feels to me like we have regulation over so much yeah. in this business. And we have competition, which then sort of makes prices go down in certain areas. But there is some kind of weird Bermuda Triangle, international waters. The pricing system in a mixed business makes Zero sense to anyone. You are paying lazy tax. 
Like yeah. it's, it's as simple as that. <laughs> if you buy your uh, medicine <laughs> from a service station, yeah. like if that's where you're getting your Nurofen, mm. or if you're getting your took paper after you've run out and you're waddling down the street, yes, yes. desperately you know, pants around your ankles trying to get some yeah, paper, yeah. that's what it is. But you're right, it's just random. And it is always just somebody on a calculator going... But the other thing is they make no effort in the produce department. Oh, of course. You know? I, it's hardly the fresh food people. It is not the fresh food people. I walk into the pro, the produce department of, and I've made the mistake sometimes on a couple of mornings when I've had a bit of a hangover and I thought I need bacon, I need eggs, I need tomato, I need mushrooms, maybe a bit of spinach. And you walk into the mixed business and the saddest collection of fruit and veg where, you know, I mean, there is somebody going around at your Woolies or your Coles to try and, you know, when things go rotten, they get removed, yeah. you know? When things go rotten in the mixed business, they just hang on to the hope that somebody's going to buy it for compost. Well, but if they're able to sell one roll of toilet paper for $3, <laughs> yeah. they know somebody needs an eggplant <laughs> from December. Keep the guys up on the Paul and Rage Facebook page. Rochella Chichabu. Yes. I don't know, that's your Italian name. That'll do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've been listening, to, you know, I, I love a broad cross-section of podcasts around, but there's a podcast that I have really started to get into, yeah. and because I'm going to have a go at them, I'm not going to use their name. Okay. Really like them, film reviews, all the rest of it. Now, they, however, decided to have this really sort of snooty, dismissive, smart-ass review about Expendables 3. Mm-hmm. No, okay, I get it. Expendables 3, stupid shit blowing up. It is hardly going to win either an Oscar or your attention for one second after you leave the film. Yeah. But these film reviewers are back and forth and generally love what they have to say. One of them admits to not seeing the first two. Now, the whole point is, we all know that sequels basically are the watered-down version of the first film. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, if it's Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, you need to have watched everything because there's a story. Mm -hmm. But pretty obviously, Expendables 3 is just going back to the well. Yeah. So if your first experience Mm. is the third film in a franchise that simply exists to kind of make money and amuse you... Yeah. Is there nothing else to review in the world? This reminds me for some reason of the uh, my ex-boyfriend and I decided that we would watch the Harry Potter all seven to see the seventh in the big screen. Wow, and he didn't stick around. <laughs> Yours or his idea? Yours or his? Okay, I thought so. Yeah, right, right. Okay, good, good. Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrache.com.au. Now, last week we recorded a large portion of the podcast, and then I realised that I hadn't pressed record. No, and I one of it was sexy. I call it <laughs> for recording. <laughs> one of the things that we discussed that didn't end up making it to the podcast because we didn't repeat it was the fact that I had gone and had a massage last weekend mm. um, at quite a high end place. Not because I paid for it, but because I got a voucher uh, at my old job and I needed to use it. Do you want me to play the ten cc's? I'm not in love. <laughs> no, I certainly don't. Really. <laughs> That no. apparently went off. No. Like, through a Facebook page. No. No, no one. one. <laughs> so I went and had this massage, and basically my issue was the massage was $180. I had a voucher for $200. And all they did, there was no massaging. It was just basting me in oil. And yeah. it, it, and from what I can tell of the experience, it is basically an environment where people go if they want to be touched. Correct. You know, it's if I don't it's get touched. It's a lonely touched, person's rubbing room. Yes. But so, not a dirty room. But not a dirty room. So the thing that we did didn't discuss though was there is a thing that they have called a hammam room or something. It was a heated room, a right? Hammam room. hammam room or something. Wow. Unless I misheard the woman, which is entirely possible. The heated room. The heated room. The hammam room. <laughs> it's the heated room, Darwin. All right, whatever you heard. 
<laughs> Sorry, I got a bit of oil in your ears, did you? <laughs> For an intensive deep tissue massage to your ear canal. So I finished my massage and I thought I've got a bit of time to kill here. I'm going to have a little time in the halam room. Well, the halam room. So, the room. room. So I said to the bloke, you know, would you mind? Now I'm thinking it's your classic communal steam room. Yeah. Uh, so we walk in and there's a little area in the sh- you can have a shower, you can have a little shower with oh. the rock salt and things so you get yourself prepared for the heated room. And, Lovely. And he said, you know, you can lay down a towel in there and, and lay yourself out. I thought, okay, great, I'll do that. So he said, you know what, I'll set your towel up for you. I said, no dramas. So I'm in there and he goes and he sets his towel up and, I, and he comes back out the door and I haven't seen him in the room yet. So I said, okay, no worries, I'll go in there. And he's like, okay, have a lovely time. If somebody comes to get you, you know, otherwise just wander down the hall and go back to reception. I said, no problems. So I walk in and there is an eyes wide shut style oval marble bench Ooh. lit from above oh. and a towel down... On it, like a like a sacrifice style, sacrifice style on the altar, on the altar, and around the room are sort of seats that are recessed into the wall, so other people can be there. But if they're going to be there, they will just be sitting and watching you, watching you just just lying, lying out in the nutty. Oh, now I laid out, and I didn't think he knew at this. Yes, so you're just walking around. No, you're not walking around. You're a robe on. Oh, okay, right. But he left and you're expected to... Now, I was petrified because I didn't know if because I'm in there, they then tell everybody else, no, this is a one-person room. You've got to wait until the person comes out. So I just lay there sort of half-covered <laughs> in my robe, expecting somebody to sort of walk in at any moment because I just I'm felt like... tummy down, shoulders exposed. That's that's all you've done. I got the... the over the top. Robe over the top. like, And I reckon there was just, you know, a strip of skin down... Covered completely the Good front work. bum. Good just work. flop that over the front bum and then covered myself up. <laughs> Entirely. Just point out this podcast not affiliated with Sky News. <laughs> Follow the guys on Twitter at Paul and Rach. We've got a race because we do have to do Paul Murray Live 9 p.m. Sky News. We oh, are yeah. about to go on uh, to the telly. But I did want to tell you a funny story um, uh, uh, just very quickly. Good, because I'm serious. I've had enough of the unfunny ones. <laughs> Mostly from me this week. Actually, I've got, I've got a few things. Can we just discuss quickly a few things? Okay. The first is that chemists are selling vibrators now. What? 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 Yeah. In which aisle? In, <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine buying a vibrator at a chemist? Yeah, no. But also, the, the weirdest thing about that is you either get um, the too cool kind of guy, you mm. know, like that sort of younger younger pharmacist who's, yeah, whoa, man. Yeah. I understand. You've got thrush, whatever. Yeah. Hey, hey you know, <laughs> I'm Dean Peterson. You know, that sort yeah. of guy. Yeah. Or you might have the really nervous sort of kid first <sighs> job scenario. Yeah. Or you've got sort of the older lady who, let's be honest, goes, soft cock. <laughs> like every time totally. you walk in. Or asks you questions because they're so disgruntled and over it that they're like, you know, how much <laughs> do you have? And you're like, no, oh, stop, saying, stop that. saying that. Right, good. So that's my first issue. Second, why is anybody applying to go on The Bachelor? Oh, The Batch. The Batch. The Batch. You know, these women... No, you're not going to find true love. You're not. You're going to be ridiculed by the entire country. You'll eventually end up getting a rose and then the ass from this bloke. And P.S., who is calling a bloke sweet who's dating 20 women at once? Yeah. And if one more woman turns up on a date and says, I can't believe what Blake planned for me, the producers planned <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Blake got told before... 
before you walked out on set, there's a jet plane coming in. <laughs> Tell her that you thought that she liked jet planing. Yeah, yeah. It, Blake it, is apparently so bad at love. <laughs> he needs to go on television with 20 random strangers, yeah. but apparently can book a seaplane like that. Exactly. He's got no idea. And the third and final thing is just a story that I was reading that made me laugh and it made me think of you because I know you like stories like this after I told you about the Commonwealth Games pool um, fixer who found somebody's hand down the bottom of the pool because at the one of the Paralympians' hands fell off and he forgot to get it. There was a plane being landed. The, the pilot was landing in um, in Birmingham the other day and they ended up almost crashing because his arm fell off in the landing. <laughs> Missing limbs, new segment. New segment. Keep the guys up on the Paul and Rage Facebook page. So we had a, f- a bunch of requests on our uh, email and head to paulandrage.com.au. We, uh, we read the emails and we listen to your requests. And we had a lot of requests for regional radio man to make an appearance. Well, look, he has been missing. I don't know he where has. he's gone. He's had a few things to do ahead of the ACRAs, you see. Ah. He was going and doing what most people do before those awards, which is uh, faking their entry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this did happen in the last 12 months, and I didn't just concoct it in a studio. Yeah, look at this. Wow. I was reporting from September 11th. <laughs> it actually happened last year. But I- so I thought that it might be a nice thing to hand the reins of story time over to Regional Radio Man. Hello, Rachel. It's a Regional Radio Man. <laughs> and we all know that the only thing that Regional Radio Man can say is... 25 to 7. <laughs> Here they are. All the notes. <laughs> <laughs> on the Pollen Rage podcast. He loves to say regional radio. He does love saying regional radio. In his regional radio voice. Indeed. So I thought that regional radio man might read the, the story time with regional radio as the safe word. Thank you. This is otherwise known as a live read in the beers. <laughs> now, the other thing I must point out is that we also had an email pointing out that last week's uh, story time we'd already read. Don't care. <laughs> Let's be very clear. The preparation for story time is minimal at best. I grab a story out of a pile. If we've read it before, I'm sorry. (laughs) God love you for firing up. I appreciate it. All right, so regional radio man, uh, completely indistinguishable from my voice. Exactly. Do you want me to do the intro? Can you do the Okay. Go for it. Now uh, our podcast has come to an end. It's time for a little segment we call Regional Radio Man Storytime, where Regional Radio Man reads a rude story and replaces the words, uh, the rude words with a safe word, which, of course, will always be forevermore. Regional Regional Radio Radio Man. Regional Radio. Sorry. All right. Crazy Taxi. Danielle and I have been dating for a couple of weeks, and we don't have heaps in common, but we can't stop regional radioing. We went to a party last weekend, but found it hard to relax and enjoy ourselves because we were so bloody horny. I don't have to do a regional radio for that. No way. So we got out of there just before midnight and headed back to my place. We didn't say bye to anyone or nothing. Our taxi smelled like a rotten tandoori. <laughs> That's racist. <laughs> but so fitting from regional radio, man. Our taxi smelled like rotten tandoori. <laughs> but that didn't put Danielle off her game. 
She was licking my face before she had even put her seatbelt on. Her hand progressed onto my regional radio and she buffed it firmly from the outside of my strides. She reeled back and presented her regional radio. And despite feeling uneasy about that... Yes, regional radio cabbie. I went with it. Danny moved my hand up her short skirt, peeled aside her underpants, <laughs> and started regional radioing. It's harder than it looks, isn't it? Her regional radio. I got about 30 seconds of action before the driver worked out what was going on, and he cracked the shits. He cracked um big time. He slammed on the brakes and gave us a gobful before showing us the exit, leaving us stranded in the burps. To make the most of a bad situation, Danny dragged me into a park, unzipped my jeans, and put my regional radio in her regional radio. She then performed one hell of a regional radio with her one hell of a regional radio and her oversight. I'm not reading that at all. It didn't take long to drain regional radio. So if it was worth getting chucked out of the back of a cab, I don't care. I'll do it again. I love this Sheila. You know, the hilarious thing before we go is that after talking about reading things twice, we've read that one before. (laughs) Yes, but was it read as well as Regional Radio Man has ever read that? Goodbye. You're listening to Paul and Rach.